0: Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week I talked to E.W. Dovel, Vice President, Public Sector for Orion Energy Systems about workplace energy efficiency. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined uh, today by E.W. Dovel, Vice President, Public Sector for Orion Energy Systems. How are you doing with E.W.?
1: I'm good morning. How are you today Jay?
0: Good. Um, Good to see you in person Um, and we're gonna talk today about uh, energy efficiency and lighting and, you know, kind of your specialty there. So I um, wanted to ask you, I guess, to start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your company. And
1: yeah, you know. um, Orion Energy System is based in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Uh, been in business since 1996. Um, we're probably the largest buy American compliant lighting manufacturer in the United States. Uh, we actually make our stuff here. Uh, so it's, it, I'm proud to say that because uh, with my with my job as the public sector, by American compliance is very important um, to federal government facilities in particular. Um, And so I I really do take a lot of pride in that. We have about um, 200 workers um, in our company. We have an office in Jacksonville that's our sales and engineering office, and then our manufacturing, and uh, we have an office in Manitowoc also. And um, we manufacture, um, and I'm not being facetious, the best LED lighting products from a commercial industrial uh, standpoint uh, in the world. Um, we have high bay fixtures that go up to 214 lumens per watt, as for instance, uh, and our next closest competitor, which are a billion dollar companies, are um, about about 200 lumens per watt. So we have to do things better than the big guys uh, because we are such a niche mark company and um, I, I, you know, I'm very fortunate because uh, every day I get up and do what I love to do, so that it's nice. not really a job. Yeah,
0: that's great. Um, so talk to me about energy efficiency. You know, when, you, when you're going to businesses, how important is energy efficiency to, to a business? Well,
1: uh, you know, I've, I'm a little jaded, I guess, because I think energy efficiency is it drives the entire uh, premise of a company's profitability. i give you, for instance, if you have a factory that's in uh, wherever, Tennessee, and you have a factory in somewhere, Florida, and the energy rate in Florida is... Eight cents, and the energy rate in Tennessee is four cents. Well, that factory making the same product can make it less e- less expensive than the one in Florida. And so, if you're competing from a from a regional standpoint within within your own company, that that product would be awarded to somebody there. Which is the reason why that's important is that creates jobs, right. um, and jobs are the, the economic engine that that drive our economy. And so that's that's just one facet of it. It, it also being more energy efficient, and this, you know, I'm, I'm particularly focused on lighting, but this, this travels across other systems in your building as well. Uh, the more efficient you are, the, we have to change our, our, our focus. Uh, many times we focus on what things cost first. Um, and I'll talk about this a little later, but first cost is called first cost because it only happens once. Right. What we need to do when we're doing things in our buildings to make them more efficient is to focus not on how much it costs, but how much it saves, and how much it saves is based on the efficiency, the warranty, how many people you have to put against it
0: um, and so yeah like when you're going around you know, meeting with people like when you, and you look at how how they're doing things before you get there, are you know are companies you know really paying attention to that are they energy efficient or you know do they have a lot of work to do <laughs>
1: It varies. Uh, so here's, I guess, the companies, uh, the the manufacturing the companies around the around the country that get it, uh, that get energy efficiency, um, are taking advantage of it. And they and I don't, I don't mean to say taking advantage. What they're doing is they're, they're they're putting forth effort and funding to get to those efficiency spots that they need to be. Um, there's re, there are retailers out there um, that have putting put controls in place in their lighting for instance, that do a variety of things other than just turn lights on and off. They, you know, they, they, they track human capital, they can track uh, product across the store, things like that. Uh, but, you know, there's other companies that have put uh, battery systems in their trucks, in their logistics uh, areas, because you know, running diesel fuel, when you're stopped to keep the reefer cool, um, is expensive. If you can run a battery instead of that, because the battery works and charges off of a diesel fuel, just like a generator, um, you can move product around less expensively than everybody else, and it gives you a competitive advantage. Having said all that, uh, I've been to spots within, for instance, the federal government, where uh, T-12 lamps were outlawed or, or were first legislated in 1993, and some of the Uh, largest buildings in our federal government still have T-12 lamps in their buildings. And to me, that's unfortunate. And I won't even speak to the actual agency that has those, but I've been in buildings that that agency has that should be the one concerned about energy. Um, I've seen more T-12s in their buildings than anywhere else in America. Uh, And, you know, that's just one thing. The, The advent, I think back 10 years ago when LEDs started coming out, and people thought, LED, that's never going to work, but you know, it's get it cost ten times more or five or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and now we look at where we are today, where when somebody calls me today and asks me about a fluorescent product, I think it's a prank call.
0: Yeah, talk a little bit about that, like, you know, what are the, the benefits of LED and how has it sort of changed?
1: I think that it's again. It goes back to several things. One of which is, of course, the energy savings. For instance, we've we've taken when we went from T12 fluorescent lamps to T8, or we went from metal halide to fluorescent. We were looking at 50 to 60 percent energy savings, and now we've made that same incremental jump again with LED, where it's the 50 to 60 percent. The thing that people don't understand is is nobody's ever been to a bank and cashed a percent. So what's happened is is they're, they're looking at paybacks when they went from T12 or metal halide to T8. They were looking at these paybacks that were, you know, three years. Uh, and now they're looking at, at paybacks that are five to six years. Well, the reason is is, that, is the percentage is not part of the equation. The watch saved is the part of the equation that's impacted. So we went from 165 watts to 58. Right. That's 100 watts. Right. Well, it's, you know, 60%. Well, now we're going from 58 to 20. Wow, that's 60 percent. No, it's only 38 watts, and that's what changed in the equation. So we we went from 100 that was saved to 38, and that's the the jump that we have to have. Now here's the thing, you know, when you're looking at our a, a simple payback of five to six years, you're also looking at ROI of 14 to 20 percent. Um, Think in this terms, where, where are you going to go to a bank and get 14 to 20 percent on your money? Right. So, the, from that, we have to shift our our, our thought processes again to uh, if we get to 20. And you know, I get asked all the time, I say, Well, you're 20 now, are you ever going to get to 10? Are you going to get to 5? Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that ASHRAE is going to be not going to be happy until we get to zero watts per square foot. <laughs> yeah. um, but. Uh, I, I can't predict that. Uh, you know, right now we're at a, we're at a plateau where, you know, t- for a trough or fixture, a 2x4 trough or fixture, 20 watts is about the sweet spot. You know, are we going to get to 18? Maybe. Is 18 going to make you go from 20 to 18, you know, two years from now, right. uh, three years from now? No, I don't think that's right. possible. But here's the thing. We still have buildings out there that are T12, and now they're going to jump to LED. Well, there's huge savings there, mm-hmm. but it all comes back to the efficiency of the product, versus what you pay for it, versus how much you pay for electricity. Because never forget this, the first cost happens once, the electricity is forever, and it's not gonna go down. So that's, we, we need to take think in terms of how we impact electricity, not how much the product costs.
0: And I imagine you've been in, you know, in this business for a long time. Like, did you ever envision lighting changing like this? No, I mean, no, that's like a great question. Like, crazy it, jumps in technology, yeah, it,
1: right? yeah, it's a great question because, you know, it was we were cruising along, you know, in the, in the 2000s, uh, you know, T8, 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 and did a really good job, we saved a bunch of money for folks. And an LED comes on the ground, and I'm I literally, I'm one of those naysayers back in 2010 going, that's this will never work. You know, people won't pay this much for it. Well, technology changed, cost dropped as as the the influence of the actual supply chain came into to bear um and you know now again if somebody calls me about a fluorescent product i think it's a crank call and and uh, so it's it's literally led all the time so the the improvements in led that are going to occur are from a control standpoint because keep this mind, led uh, unlike legacy technology. When I say legacy technology, I'm talking about fluorescent and, sure. and, and metal halide, um, or HID. And th- that that's their electronics. They're semiconductors. They're your television set. Right. They're your computer. And so those are the kinds of things we're talking about. I mean there was a there was a law, I forget who it, who it was who it was, but it said, you know, that 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 every um, year there's gonna be a, a five-fold increase in the computing capability of a of a laptop. And, you know, a, a, two, a, a 50% decrease in cost. Well, that sort of occurred, and it's kind of reached its pinnacle now. It's not occurring as rapidly as it was, but think back in 2000, what we were talking about. Right. I mean, or, or compare a cell phone now to right. when we sent, a, we sent a guy into space. I mean, you, you're, you know, your cell phone now has more computing capability than the than this rocket that yeah. went to went to yeah, the moon. crazy.
0: Yeah. So. Um, so are there still, I mean, I guess... Just to get a handle on it, you know how, how widespread is LED now? Like, is everybody using it, or there, uh, I imagine there's still holdouts, right? Oh, it's a
1: target-rich environment. Yeah, you know it really is. I mean, you, like I said, you you still have holdouts that still have T12s. Right. Like uh, how many? Like well, uh, I mean, you know, I would say that the now, I would oh yes, it's much smaller. Yeah. But you know, back and and in the latest data that I had is somewhere around like uh, 2016, where um, you know the the percentage of fluorescent a t12 fluorescent lamp sold in america was still like nine percent uh, i don't have any data that's f- beyond that but um that's, you quick,
0: know. that's a, a quick turnover though from you know well but they
1: they've had it since 1993
0: right no i'm just saying like oh. you know for led to kind of take oh. over
1: well yeah oh th- there's no doubt i mean within th- this whole thing within the last five years has been astronomical wow um i mean it's the growth has been uh through the roof i mean basically you took you've, t- you've you took a product within my own company that was zero percentage of sales, you know, seven years ago, and now it's 99.9% of sales, or what? I don't know what the actual number is. That doesn't happen very often. No, no, no. And, and, yeah. and the thing is, is, is you have to stay in front of it, or we particularly as, as a smaller company have to stay in front of it from a technology standpoint of we have to do it better, we have to do it more efficiently. So we, we, we focus a lot on being able to produce products that are the most efficient. Uh, and and therefore they're the most cost effective, uh, because again we're we're talk, when we talk about cost we're not talking about first cost we're talking about efficiency versus cost, and we try to make sure that's that's our range that we we play in.
0: And I imagine that message, what has gone over pretty well with you know potential clients where you just you know when you explain the, sa- the cost and the savings you know yeah I think going yeah. Down, I, mean, I imagine that's you know not a hard sell for. A lot well of I, again.
1: I, I guess, I don't even want to refer to it as a cell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, the, the, the LED, because it's electronic, it's a, little, it's a little bit more complicated when somebody wants to get in the weeds and talk about how the process is of making light. So that's a little bit more, so it's more of a consultative cell. I mean, I think, if, you know, one of the things that I try to encourage uh, sales folks to do is, is whatever you have to sell, forget about it. Because the person sitting across from you has got other things on his mind. What you need to do is shut up and ask questions and listen. And when you do that, that client will usually tell you everything that he needs. And then it's up to you to fit in that box. It's one of those things where it's a much easier sell when, you, when you're selling him something that he actually wants
0: right. and, yeah.
1: and, um, and, so, and, and providing a solution for that. Because the solution may not be, I get this a lot of times, that, you know, that I, we need it to be brighter. Right, I'm aligning. I don't know what that means. There's there's no equation for brightness. Right. I, I don't. I can't calculate that. I can't measure that. So I have to extrapolate what I think they're saying to me. Do they want to see better? Do they want to, Do they want actually more light in the room? Do they uh, want to save money? I have to. And I can't do any. I can't make any of those calculations in my own mind if I don't shut up and listen to them. Right. And they'll tell me everything I need to know if I ask the right questions.
0: Yeah, that's the key, I guess. Um, so tell me about uh, using lighting uh, to boost security. Uh, how, you know, how, do, you know, how do businesses properly do that uh, with, with lighting systems? Yeah,
1: Jay, I, I would say this. You've know, you, you you've got a daughter that's going off to school. And if you're making a visit with your daughter at that school uh, and you're walking around the campus at night and you can't see, are you going to send your money there? <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that's how important lighting is. The, the advent of LED, and particularly exterior, really gives you a security aspect that many people uh, kind of put as a secondary benefit. Uh, again, if you've got a daughter that's going to school, that's not a secondary benefit. That's, that's the first thing that you're yeah, yeah. thinking about. Uh, because what we can do with LED, because it's electronics, I can dim those lights automatically, either based on occupancy or time or whatever. It's, it's unlimited as far as what I can create, but what it does is, is from a security standpoint, from, from a mile away, somebody drive, some security officer driving in a car that sees that light on the side of the building that's at 100%, well, he knows, and it's nobody, nobody's supposed to be there. He knows that somebody or something just went around that light and, bu- and bumped it up to 100%. I probably need to drive over there and see what that was. And that could have been a raccoon or an armadillo. But it also could have been somebody that's not there for you. See, the, the, I try to tell people all the time that um, you know, the, there's only two types of people that like darkness, only two. It's SEAL Team 6 and criminals. <laughs> so if you light your building appropriately, the criminals will go somewhere else because SEAL Team 6 in all likelihood is not coming. So that's how you you think about it. So it's really, LED has given us some advantages that we didn't have with legacy technology from a security standpoint that really helps. Again, you go to the Kelvin temperature where you you raise the Kelvin temperature, again, it looks bluer at nighttime because of the way your eye sees it at nighttime. Um, And you get the perception that you're seeing better. Again there's that bright and better are two terms that I I can't measure. but that perception just then becomes becomes reality from the standpoint that that makes you feel safe.
0: How are uh, you know in your estimation going around? How are businesses using lighting in that respect? Are, are they getting better at it, or is it still something that is still a learning curve? Yeah, I think uh,
1: there's two, that's two, a twofold twofold answer. I think yes, they are, uh, but they're doing it from a not necessarily a security standpoint first. I think it varies from the, the, the actual client, the, the, the class of trade. Uh, schools and universities, you know, not, not, not necessarily K-12, but, but particularly higher ed, I think are using it as a security uh, aspect, and some businesses too, uh, but there is still a remarkable amount of savings associated with going from LED, because in many cases we're dealing with metal halide, which is a legacy technology It was inefficient when, when T8 took it over. But T8 couldn't take it over from an exterior standpoint. So LED has come in as, for instance, uh, I did a parking garage several years ago where um, you know, it, it came out beautiful. We had 150-watt high-pressure sodiums, and we went back with 40 watts of LED. Well, that's a big number from a savings perspective, yeah. but it also lit that parking garage up to make it really uninviting to anybody that's got some nefarious thoughts in their mind. The, the whole point of that was, it was twelve thousand dollars a month in energy savings. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. You know, that can be used somewhere else for whatever that parking garage, whoever's parking there, they don't have a, their core mission is not parking. Their core mission is is taking care of kids, um, you know, flying airplanes, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So any money that we pull out of the electric bill goes back to whatever core mission is for that for that facility
0: nice. um, so tell me a little bit about UV lighting uh, you know I know that you know it's sort of there, you, you're using it you can use it to sort of deal with different viruses and that's one one sort of uh, use for it and obviously with COVID-19 there's some there's some uh, usability there correct
1: yeah the uh, UV light has been used for a long time in air handlers uh, but it's either been a quartz lamp or a fluorescent lamp. The, the issues with that is, is, A, it works. It does work. Um, until recently, we didn't know how well, well it worked against COVID-19, but we, we know that now. Um, the, but the maintenance of it, because it required a specific maintenance pattern, you can't just open UV, UV up. Um, And when I say UV, I want to be clear. There's three different types of UV. There's UVA, B, and C. UVC is the one that basically kills, or excuse me, inactivates COVID. Uh, And UVC also inactivates humans, basically, because it changes DNA. And so it's dangerous to be exposed to UVC for some, any length of time. Uh, So it, it took a specific type of maintenance schedule to take care of that. They also lost efficacy or efficiency, they don't kill as well uh, later in life, and you know, it's a sixth month to eighth-month time frame. Well, that becomes very costly to keep maintaining that, and as a result, like anything else, you know, our, our unfortunately, in many cases, our maintenance uh, priority is a run to fail. Well, run to fail becomes predictive maintenance then, because see, there's, you have reactive maintenance and you have predictive maintenance and you have preventative maintenance. Well, if you run to fail, A, I can guarantee you it works. Mm-hmm. And so you can predict that it's going to fail. Uh, unfortunately, when it does, then sometimes it sits blank and it's not doing anything at all. LED allows us to uh, do a couple of things. A, we can, we, it lasts longer. Uh, About three times longer, you know, as a as a baseline, Mm -hmm. so we get three times more, and it doesn't degrade from an efficiency of what it's supposed to do. We still have issues with dwell time. Now, there's two different avenues to attack uh, UV, excuse me, uh, COVID in classrooms. For instance, Um, you can pull the air in and clean it either through an air handler or through a device in the classroom itself. Um, We make a device that actually has been proven to kill COVID, that's actually a fan device that has, for lack of a better term, even though it's not alive, the virus is not alive, it needs to host, uh, I'll call it a kill chamber. And it draws the air in and will actually deactivate the the COVID-19 virus. Very expensive. We also have one that's a direct line of sight that kills on surface that uses 405 nanometers Light that the light actually can stay on while people are in the classroom. Now, people can be in the classroom for both of these products because that kill chamber of the other product uh, is self-contained; it's not does not get into the atmosphere. The other one uh, works at 405. That's a that's in the visible light specter, but that doesn't kill in the air; it kills on surfaces. And again, it's a line of sight. So that's two different avenues of doing it. Which you know, there's been. The, the issue that you have with UL, there's been a lot of stuff out there that makes claims that are not true. They don't back it up. So my, to your listeners, I would, I would encourage them to ask for the paperwork. Uh, for instance, a, UL, a UV analysis of a product is, is UL867, I believe, and that tells you whether or not ozone is actually produced from the UL product. In many cases, when you use the air handlers with with quartz or or, um, fluorescent, you'll also have ozone that actually escapes from that as a byproduct and can be dangerous. There are also other products out there that have been manufactured. In fact, they've they've been placed into schools um, that put UV light, UVC in the classroom itself and they put some type of sensor on the fixture so that if somebody was not in the room then the light would be on and it would be working and it would be cleaning essentially. The unfortunate thing is is when sensors fail, right. they fail to on and you don't want elementary school kids in, in that room when they, when they fail and have UVC in there. and that actually occurred in, in the Atlanta, uh, Georgia area oh, really? in a school district and they invested, uh, well, they, they had $12 million. Unfortunately, they, they stopped it in time. They only, they only had to spend like $750,000 The bad thing is, is nobody asks questions.
0: Yeah, is it just, you know, sort of reactionary where people are freaking out about COVID and say, oh, this thing seems to work, let's just jump on this. Yeah, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. it's kind of performative because you want to show people that you're doing
1: something. I mean, one of the things is, you know, you can always always ask for, you always ask for the test results. Mm -hmm. And if there aren't test results, that should be a big red flag, you know? I mean, in this case, in the Atlanta area, they got a a nice engineering school that's like right down the street called Georgia Tech that could probably have done some test for them. And there's a researcher there that I think would have loved right. to have helped them out, probably has a kid in that school district, right? Right, right? And they could have done that very inexpensively or free to verify stuff themselves, and they never ask questions. And, and that's unfortunate. And, um, and they spent a lot of money for a product that didn't work uh, and endangered. And there's products like that. I was um, going to
0: say, like, there's probably a lot of, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of products that have been introduced since, you know, COVID kind of. Arrived that just sort of make claims and you don't know. It's yeah, you, on.
1: And, and and as a layperson or even as a, as an experienced facility manager, this is this is an area we haven't we haven't been down this road with facilities, right? And so it's important. I go back to what I said earlier about you know asking questions. If a salesperson or an engineering expert, see I struggle with the word expert a lot, but you know because here's the thing about an expert who determined they're an expert. The news media? Because you know they're not experts. And, or, or did they determine themselves to be an expert? I think that, uh, that often happens. Right? Yeah, yeah, and so that's your certification is I, I feel good today. I, you know, <laughs> I feel like a flower, and I'm a flower then, right? So, uh, again, I would, uh, they, what happens is, is they don't ask the questions right. If you have somebody sitting across the desk from you and is telling you what you need, you have to have this. They have no idea what they're talking about, and you should ask them to leave because if they haven't asked you, what you what's going on in your building, what specifically is going on, they have no idea what you need. And for them to, to tell you that is, is a, it's asinine and, wake, and, and it's wasting your time because obviously they don't care about their time. And so you have to forget about what you have to sell, listen to the, what the client wants and sell that, provide that for them. Because there's always a solution somehow. I see, I, I don't get invited to, to, to speak to, to clients. I don't get invited to do that unless they have a problem. And so I'm there to help them fix it. But I, I, I can't help them fix it if I don't know what's going on. And the only way to figure out what's going on is to ask them questions.
0: Right. Yeah, makes sense. Well, so. EW. Well,
1: thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me today. My pleasure. I, I enjoyed. it. I, obviously, I like talking, so. <laughs> so it's a great opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. That wraps up Episode 79 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time we